Buggy like Rwanda Don't wander far or get trapped up Quick the rust is back like baby Buggy like Rwanda Don't wander far or get trapped up Quick the rust is back like Buggy like Rwanda Don't wander far or get trapped up Quick the rust is back like baby You're in get mopped up Tax that spray your hall with rap ever saw Pictures of migrants packed into small boats on the English Channel and bound for a new life in the UK have increasingly featured on the front pages of newspapers here. The British government has promised to tackle the problem, but the numbers setting sail from France have continued to rise. Now, a radical solution. Some asylum seekers, it's been announced, will be flown to Rwanda to have their applications processed. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, said his goal was to end what he called the barbaric trade in human misery of the people traffickers. Before Christmas, 27 people drowned, and in the weeks ahead, there could be many more losing their lives at sea and whose bodies may never be recovered. Around 600 came across the Channel yesterday. In just a few weeks, this could again reach 1,000 a day. I accept that these people, whether they're 600 or 1,000, are in search of a better life. The opportunities that the United Kingdom provides and the hope of a fresh start. But it is these hopes, those dreams, that have been exploited. But the Rwanda solution is condemned by Britain's opposition Labour Party's Lucy Powell as a cynical soundbite. It's a plan that might sound good in a focus group and would certainly grab the headlines because it's very controversial and contestable. But in reality, it is unworkable, expensive and unethical. It will end up costing us a lot more money in the long run. I think this is less about dealing with small boats and and more about dealing with the Prime Minister's own sinking boat. So how would this work? I asked our political correspondent, Rob Watson. We still don't have any great details. We just have the sort of broad outline of what the Prime Minister himself admitted as a pretty controversial scheme. And if I understood him correctly, and I was trying to listen pretty carefully, Alex, he seems to be saying that anyone who crosses over the channel from France to the UK in a boat, which the government is about to deem an illegal way of arriving the country, and there were 28,000 or so of them last year, they would either be sent back to the countries where they originally come from or they would be sent permanently to Rwanda to begin a new life there. Yeah, 4,000 miles to Central Africa. How is this being justified? Well, it's being justified by the government saying, look, no government could have a situation where you have thousands of people uh, coming into the country without any control in small boats, both because the government would say it's, it's, it's a terrible risk for the people doing that, but that it, it just you can't have that. It's unacceptable to the people. Now, clearly, there's a huge element of politics in this, uh, Alex. It's been seen that this is a government that promised uh, to take back control of Britain's borders with Brexit, and it's been very difficult to square that with the image of people turning up in in boats on the white cliffs of Dover and a lot of people who voted for the government sort of thought hang on a minute this is not what we voted for. We heard there from Lucy Powell of the opposition Labour Party what are the other main criticisms of this policy proposal? 
I've listed five. Don't worry, Alex, I'll go through them very quickly. I mean, one is that it's just inhumane to send people that far away when they weren't intending to go to Central Africa. Uh, second, concern about Rwanda's human rights. Third, that it would just be phenomenally expensive. Four, that it's a possible infringement of international law. And the fifth one is that it won't work, that people will still keep coming. I, I should actually add one of the government's arguments is that if you look at the what the Australians have done, which is what's known as off offshoring the asylum process. I mean, Australia would argue that it has stopped uh, boats from coming uh, to their shores, whatever one thinks of the, the detention procedure itself. Our political correspondent, Rob Watson. Black male deaths are normalized. We already know they happen constantly in our society, so they need not be analyzed. Because black males are known to die, we need not make them a subject of study. There is no need to divert theoretical resources to the facticity of their demise. Attempting to do so, to study black males as affected by particular ecological or ideological forces is reduced to the, oh, here we go again, syndrome. Taken too soon by knife crime. 16-year-old Tion Campbell Pitter was a member of this boxing gym in Newcross. Yesterday, he was stabbed outside of it. Whilst families enjoyed the park, the police were called to the Moonshot Centre after reports of a brawl. Despite the best efforts of paramedics, the teenager died at the scene. Today, Fordham Park has a look too familiar to locals. 16, ain't lived no life at all, you know what I mean? He ain't done anything, he ain't worked and enjoyed himself, he ain't travelled. 16 is no good at all, is it? This is not the first one that we've had. You know, in this area, we've had quite a few, so it's really scary. Six years ago, just streets away, Myron Yard was 17 when he was murdered by three teenagers. His death provoked Ben Lindsay to establish his anti-youth violence charity. We have to appreciate that every single year we get to this point in the holiday period where we see violence affecting young people increase. Every year people in my sector are calling for more support, more resources for youth centres, youth workers, mentors, therapeutic support and we don't get it. It's not a, a, a joined up local central government strategy. Tion's boxing gym said their hearts are with his family and that this devastating moment highlights how urgent their fight against youth violence is. Just metres away from a children's play area is where this young person has lost his life. This boxing gym is now a crime scene, and the local people that I spoke to have said that they are sad, shocked, but not surprised that another young person has lost their life on London streets. The police say Tion was attacked in daylight in an area busy with people. At this stage, there have been no arrests made. They urge anyone with information to contact them. Antoine Allen, ITV News. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Sunday, April 17, 2022. So I have been told Easter egg hunts, chocolate, Easter bunnies. Isn't that wacky? Like this whole holiday, they have white rabbits, white rabbits, white rabbits, and 
it is notorious I think all over the world we'll see for chocolate but they don't even do white chocolate dark chocolate black chocolate not black generally but dark brown chocolate a lot of times they'll even do no milk chocolate Dr. Francis Cress Welsing all of that the bunnies that's fertility she talked about that in the ISIS papers I think Ishaka Musa Barashango talked about that in uh, European uh, holidays uh, he has two titles I'm shortening he has two books that uh, deal with European holidays white culture white supremacy culture uh, but white genetic annihilation all of that as opposed to going out and uh, either throwing or participating in the Easter egg hunts in some of the many beautiful parks uh, in the Pacific Northwest uh, or just hey they had even bunny rabbit cakes at the grocery store I should have taken a picture we are here to discuss white supremacy racism uh, make sure I get the uh, name in Tion Campbell Pitter for sure global problem white supremacy racism these holidays many of them are global white supremacy racism also throughout the known universe I think it's super important uh, I just think I said that yesterday they were talking about racism and it was uh, confined to the US or wherever I said hey this is all over the world last time we were here we were talking about child Q all of these black children same thing we were talking about yesterday where they were here in the states talking about curb stomping a black child one reason to be very serious about solving this problem immediately like hey if you are an attempted parent your child any age even if they are in utero your child and or children are in danger so we should get cracking solving this problem uh, this is our global Sunday talk the two new segments that we heard uh, at the beginning very quick and then we get to our listeners participants uh, the first one was about the uh, migrants uh, in going into the UK and Boris Johnson and the folks saying whoa 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 too many folks up in here particularly if they're non-white we talked about that quite a bit but as they said in the report that was the whole reason uh, for leaving the European Union want to have as they say control of our borders especially if it's a whole lot of non-white people from Syria or the continent or wherever coming up in here and whoa 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 gotta get the clamps on this talked about that quite a bit right so uh, now saying it's for your safety you know these boats they capsize and that does happen they got lots of reports of that uh, people you know trying to flee and what have you and the boat capsizes and a hundred people die or whatever it is children all of that sort of thing since so, you know it's in your best interest so we're not going to do that anymore tell you what we will give you a one-way ticket to Rwanda huh? not disparaging anyone the so-called country of Rwanda anyone who was born there not disparaging this area of the world at all it may be paradise I've never been but I mean dang if I'm you know struggling have to do all this fight to get to England and then I get there and they don't say we're going to send you next door send you someplace in Europe put you on a train put you on a bus no, no, no. <laughs> put you give you a one-way ticket put you on a plane and send you to another continent 
why Rwanda? <laughs> like, did they did they have a deal? Did they have a labor shortage? Like, what? I can't even grasp. Like, what in the and who exactly are these? The blue eyed blonde people from the Ukraine that are going to be getting these one way tickets to Rwanda? That was one second report. Like I said, now last time, when I say last time, the last uh, last month when we had our Global Sunday talk on racism, we discussed uh, Child Q, horrendous uh, situation. We might be able to even get an update today. Uh, young black female teenager in school gets strip searched because, of course, got to be you know peddling narcotics of some sort. Got to be gangbanger, hoodlum of some sort. You got to be, uh, and so have her strip searched while she's on her menstrual cycle remove her sanitary napkin and all that you know you you niggers are slick you know we discussed all of that and so this time around as I stated Tion Campbell Pitter stabbed to death and they said it's been a rash of these incidents it seemed like it was a lot of black boys hmm I even wanted to ask because we do have attempted parents joining us today. I wanted to ask like, dang, do we think this is connected with the pandemic? Because they've talked so much about uh, the mental health of children and how it has deteriorated over the last two years. Like racism, white supremacy is most to blame for all of this. But over the past two years, man, is this contributing to these knifings of young black children, young black boys like Tion Campbell Pitter? thought that was important to discuss because we seem to have the same type of problems here in the U.S., Brazil, all over the world. We'll get a word. Uh, Let us see. One of our folks who educator and attempted parents. So I certainly thought he would have uh, great perspectives on both. Uh, It's been with us many times over the years. Uh, Andrew in the U.K., are you with us, sir? Yes, Gus. Happy to be here. Very happy. Happy Easter. Don't know if you're celebrating all that, but uh, bravo. Hope we didn't mess up your Easter egg hunts. And if they do, do they do all that over there? <laughs> yeah, all that and then some, you know, I mean, all that and then some, uh, you know, yeah, all, all that and then some. I mean, I have no issue going to church. I go to church, you know, I'm happy to do that. Um, Easter is a pagan, is a pagan ceremony. That's what it is. That's where it comes from. Whether people want to admit that or not, it's a pagan ceremony. Pagan, it's a pagan. It's not in the Bible. Sorry, sorry, everyone. <laughs> Apology accepted, sir. They so they got the. Do, how about this? Do they do white chocolate bunny rabbits, or do they do the dark brown chocolate <laughs> bunny rabbits? You know what? I don't even know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. It's it's of no interest to me. I mean, when I was a child, you mm. want to eat some chocolate. I get that. But it's, it's uh, I just don't care about it, if I'm really honest. It's great getting together with family. You get a holiday from work. We're, we're not going to work tomorrow. You know, most of us are not anyway, you know, unless you work in a hospital. But it's just of, it's, uh, getting together with family and friends, fantastic. Eating a great big plate of food, fanta- as long as it's healthy, fantastic. But, you know, the, you know, the pa- pagan side of it, yeah. Logical. I love it. Disinterested. That's logical counter-racist perspective. Uh, the late Ishaka Musa Barashango 
would be proud. Uh, but they got brown ones. See, if anybody knows where they, they don't do brown bunny rabbits, they do white chocolate instead for Easter. Let us know. Uh, let's see. Getting so many things to discuss. Uh, if folks who were with us last time, Toyin Agbetu, he joined us, gave us a lot of uh, details about what's happening with Child Q. Uh, he said he had a lot on his uh, schedule. Uh, he will see if he has time to join us today and give us an update. He may not, but we will see. Uh, he said it may be like last time where he kind of jumps in uh, kind of late. So we shall see. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, that's why I kind of push that one till later in the program. If he can join us and get an update. Great. If not, we'll discuss that as well. Um, in the meantime, while I'm organizing to see if some of our other folks will join us internationally, uh, I wanted to at least start with the report that I mentioned already. Are you familiar with this uh, stabbing Tian Campbell uh, Pitter? Are you familiar with this case? Is that is that the one that happened in the States recently? Is that the one we're talking about or, or, did, or one that happened in the UK? Apologies for that. Let me get some clarification. Details are important. Uh, no, this was your part of the world. Tian Campbell Pitter uh, in Lewisham uh, specifically, uh, where he was just stabbed yeah. near the. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I heard, yeah, I heard about that. That was in the news. I don't know the detail of it because if I'm really honest with you, stabbings happen here all the time. You know, it, it, they just do. So it doesn't surprise me. Yes, I remember it now. It was on basically. I heard about it from the news. It was on the news um, at some point last week in Lewisham. I used to live in Lewisham. I used to work in Lewisham as well. You know, I was teaching the school there. It, um, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, stabbings happen, stabbings happen all over the UK. All the time, you know, it's it's just a it's a it's a common thing. So you know, they happen all the time. Hmm. So when you say, <clears throat> excuse me, so when you say it's a common thing, they happen all the time. Have you seen any sort of increase or deviation uh, over the past two plus years since the COVID nineteen pandemic began, or has this been standard operating procedure in terms of knife violence, particularly impacting uh, black children, black people in general? Apparently, the, the rate went down during the lockdown period of COVID. Apparently, apparently the rate went down then. Um, you know, but you know, in, in its broader context, you know, over the last, you know, since I've been a child, uh, since I've got, you know, since I've been living in this country, I can't. Only, I don't think the rates really gone down at all. You know, I mean, th there's always been violence amongst teenagers, black teens uh, in this country. It's just always been there. I mean. You know, I, I can't. I mean, it's getting more into the media now. You know, that's what I would say. Um, with social media and, and general twenty four seven news coverage, it's more in the media. It's more in the news. But um, I, it's just always been there, Gus. You know, I mean, me growing up in the part in the part of London that I grew up, it's just always been there. You know, I mean, it's, we've always lived with it. So, so it uh, it's it's not a uh, it's you know it's you know uh, we, we've we've always uh, we've always witnessed it. When I say witnessed it, I mean physically seen it, right? Um, witnessed it. You know, it's just it's just it's it's not new. It's not new to anyone who's grown up the way I've grown up in my bit of London. You would call it a project. We call them council estates. You know, in in growing up in in that kind of environment. So it's you know it's not it's it's sad. It's always sad, especially when it's your child. Right. When it's your child, obviously, you know, it's terrible. Um, yeah, I, I, it's difficult for me to add more, much more to that. It's, you know, 
You know, if, if I, if I had come from a, a lovely middle class background with, without that being in my childhood, I'd have probably, I'd be more surprised, but I'm just not. Is this um, just processing sometime for some of the nuance in terms of subtle differences, even though this is tragically, painfully similar, I think. I'm just trying to make sure. So in this part of the world where Andrew is, uh, London, England, uh, you don't have the same prevalence of firearms that we do here in the U.S., so instead of, you know, going out and shooting an AK-47s and all the rest of it, uh, they have not. In fact, if you want to compare, Mr. Fuller has talked about uh, maybe pre-Vietnam, so like 1920s, uh, mid and early uh, 20th century in the U.S., they didn't have as many guns here. It was the exact, it was razors. It wasn't knives. It was razors. And he said they would do songs and stuff. I'm going to cut me somebody tonight. I'm going to cut me somebody at the dance hall. Like that sort of, because nobody had, I mean, it's not funny. I shouldn't be laughing, but I mean, that was very prominent up until somehow magically, 1960s, 1970s, hmm, all of these really exotic firearms pop up in neighborhoods where people barely have a toilet to use. Hmm. Anywho, uh, but it seems like as opposed to you all having all these firearms over there for black people and black children to be violent with each other, it's knives. Is that accurate kind of comparison? Well, well, well yes and no. You see, when I was a kid, it was about chopping people up. You, you know, it's about chopping. Like, so there's a, there used to be an expression where you'd say, you know, I'm going to go and wet him. I'm going to go and wet him up. Right. Uh, it's, <laughs> so it's a whole idea about basically just chopping someone up and just go and chop them. Right. So 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 there was massive knife use, basically, um, in the early. Well, I'd say late 70s, right throughout the 80s, really. And even, you know, the nine, even up to now, it's just <laughs> that hasn't stopped. Now, in this is the key thing to understand in the UK and about the UK. When the old um, uh, um, Soviet Union broke up. And when when you had the war in Bosnia and places like that, sorry, but the gun, the, the prevalence of guns in the UK and in black communities skyrocketed. So in the same way that Needy Fuller outlaid it, uh, the change uh, regarding the, um, I think you mentioned the Vietnam War, I think that's what you said, maybe I got that wrong, and about the prevalence of guns suddenly jumping up. In the UK, it, it happened after the Eastern European countries fell apart. Then all of a sudden you had an explosion. You had an explosion, a noticeable explosion of gun crime in the UK, right? In other words, who's bringing those guns? Because you've got to understand that there was a surplus of weaponry, right, that came out of that part of the world, right? And 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 that's when gun crime in the UK spiraled, spiraled up in Af African African Caribbean communities in, in all over England, right? And um, and so you got you, you got gun crime in the UK. You got a gun crime. You got a gun. You got kids walking around with guns. It's the truth, you know. And so, um, and so you got you got you got gun crime, and you've got you still got the old knife crime as well. You know, what I mean, when I was a kid at school, kids used to bring ratchets. We used to call them ratchet knives, right? Used to bring ratchet knives to school and flash their ratchets in the playground. <laughs> so, and then you go to a dance if you was, if you was into a certain type of music, and people would be flashing their ratchets, not necessarily. To do anything necessarily bad with it, but it's just, it's fashionable 
for kids to carry around ratchets, you know, ratchet knives. And not me personally, but that, but that was, it wasn't a big deal. It honestly wasn't a big deal. Everybody had a ratchet knife, right? You know, and, and, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of it. But, you know, yeah, let's just say it's, all of that was common. That's, that's what all that is. So if it was common then, then what is it now? It's, it's not, yeah, it's not, that, that's not changed. You know what I mean? It, it was honestly, when I say common, I mean common, right? You know, to the point where it's not a big deal, right? So, you know, and, and the guns really came into to the UK after the after that part of the world went to, went crazy. Eastern Europe went crazy. Suddenly there's guns in the UK. Context of white supremacy, our global Sunday talk on racism. Andrew in the UK, see if we can nab some of our other folks as we proceed uh the number is seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate much obliged for the details now see worldwide they can do the same thing where they can have black people people they say are black non-white people they can warehouse them in a really terrible area where they barely have any resources and then all of a sudden like magic where you all can't get great housing and we can't even put you in housing that's not going to burn down Grenfell to pick one Philadelphia Bronx whichever can't even do that but we can put an AK-47 in your hand like what in the world even that like come on Uh, and Mr. Fuller, he talks about all the time minimizing conflict with other non-white people. Another reason why that is so critical, because uh, frequently when you have these ratchet knives or nine millimeter, frequently it's you know not to be targeting the man. It is for other victims of white supremacy, other people classified as black. One thing I didn't want to minimize though, just with language, that is fascinating. Like. He said, if I, if my ears might not be working correctly, it's a little early. I don't do early morning programs as well. Uh, He said that it was common. He's emphasis common in the nineties for uh, young black boys uh, to have their ratchet knife. Uh, Not necessarily to go out and maul and attack people, but just, you know, show off and brandish my knife at the club and woo woo. Look at my knife. Look at my knife (laughs) for that the 90s to sometimes circa I say like 2010 in this part of the uh, part of the world for the word ratchet to then be applied almost exclusively as it's commonly thought of as like Negro slang in this part of the world ratchet is a black female uh, I guess if I had to use it in a sentence uh, oh she's ratchet you don't want to you don't want to mess with her you can't take her to the Oscars see Will Smith and, and Chris Rocker she's ratchet if I had to use it in a sentence that is amazing like you have ratchet knives ratchet black females or ra- you can use it in other ways adjective ratchet like just p- examining words did you were you aware of that the word ratchet being used in a different manner now to describe almost exclusively black females I've I've heard African Americans on YouTube uh, in the last few months um, be- describe African American women as ratchet, 
Um, I've heard this not if we don't in the UK, we don't we don't describe black women with using the word ratchet. We might I don't know. I'll have to have a little think as to what derogatory words we might use. But it's, it's not that's an African American euphemism unless I'm incorrect. Um, you know, I'm talking about third, God. What, where are we now? 2002. I'm talking about the 80s, 90s. That's what I'm talking. You know, people ratchets were fashionable in the 80s and early 90s, or just really, to be honest, the eight, the, the right throughout the 80s in the UK. So this whole thing about kids carrying knives, and just to be clear, it's kids of a certain social economic, uh, come from a certain social economic environment, which in the 80s was most of us. There weren't a lot of high earning. African heritage people in the UK in the 80s, <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, but so, yeah, I mean, and remember, there was very little social media to connect us with our African-American brothers and sisters in the 80s, very little social media, if any, you know, if any, you know, do you know what I mean? So, so no, we wasn't really aware of that as a word to describe African-American women um, and generally speak, well, you know the, the other word is using the n-word um you know black people in the uk don't use that word to describe other black people yeah you, know, you understand so so it just doesn't make sense to us it just doesn't make any sense <laughs> it just don't make sense confusion because it doesn't make it's not sensical illogical hey we <laughs> victims of white supremacy unfortunately we victims do many many things that do not make since <sighs> he was talking about in the 80s I was like man trying to do my math it would seem like that might be like the grandchildren of the Windrush generation because we were just talking about them repeatedly uh, we need folks to come in and clean things up build it back up after World War II alright come on niggers and then oh your paperwork is wrong you get to get on out of here and start booting folks out and everything after we got it all sparkling and cleaned back up and everything and tidy from Hitler bombing us and ruining things over here uh, The lots of documentaries and reports on that the wind rush generation but it would seem like that would probably be like their grandchildren who would be there in a lower socioeconomic status with the knives and what have you uh, during the 1980s um, let's see so many things happen gee whiz uh, I guess before I'll get your thoughts the Ukraine situation if folks have listeners who called and if y'all have questions 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate uh, was the subway attack in New York City uh, from the beginning of this past week was that a big deal? Uh, did you see any of the, the coverage of that incident in your part of the world? Or was that not really a big deal? It, it, it was definitely mentioned. Um, yeah, I mean, um, it, it was mentioned. It's been on the TV. It, it didn't receive a whole load of coverage. And again, I learned more about that literally looking at um, African-American YouTube channels, to be quite honest with you. You know, there's a lot of coverage uh, on a lot of African-American YouTube channels. You know, that's where I got the details from. Um, there was just passing, you know, you know, this happened in New York, you know, that just just a couple of things, and that was it. There was no focus on it at all from UK media. Wow! Wow! Even after they arrested the uh, suspect, Frank R. James, they still didn't do a lot of coverage of that. How yeah. he was that? 
Not really, no. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I mean, you know, it wasn't really... It, it, didn't, it did not receive a lot of coverage. It did not receive a lot of coverage at all. You know what I mean? And look, let's put it into context. Um, Will and Jada and the slap received a lot more coverage than, than, than something that really was a lot more important, you know? So, so, so yeah, to put it into comparison. Body blow, man. Body blow, Andrew. Wow. Uh, whew. That is uh, <clears throat> that's a body blow. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even have that on my out of the long list. I had about a hundred different things on my list. I had Child Q and I had Tion Campbell Pitter being stabbed in Lewisham and the Ukraine Russia conflict and uh, migrants being shipped to Rwanda. I had flooding in South Africa. Boris Johnson actually got in trouble, they say, uh, for violating the COVID 19 protocols. They have the election coming up in France. Is Marine Le Pen going to win? Like all of these things. <laughs> <laughs> like they were, they were talking. To, they still might not be finished with that whole slap. Thing. <laughs> like, oh my god! Woo, I'm in pain. I told anti-blackness worldwide. Mm. Like, oh, we will stop. Like, wait a minute, isn't it flooding inside? They said the flooding in South Africa is so bad. Not just 400 people died. I'm sure it's way more than that. Probably, mostly if not exclusively black people uh, but they said it's flooding so bad it is worse than anything in living memory mm. but, uh, yep. did you see what Will Smith did he went upside his head and yep. pow and oh my we got 15 different like are you serious are you se- let's do this one let's do this one so did you see anything in the UK news about Ed Buck about Ed Buck. Yes, sir. B U C K. B U C K. Ed Buck. No, I've not heard of that case at all. <laughs> not heard of that. What's that? Wounded, I'm wounded. I'm wounded. That's to be expected, though. System of whites. Let me give you, let's see. I'll give you some details for Ed Buck. This is a white man who is uh, a really powerful uh power broker I'll say uh, for the Democrat capital D uh, like uh, Bill Clinton Hillary Clinton uh, President Joe Biden Democratic Party uh, he contributed like lots of money uh, for them was very well known uh, <clears throat> very well known California beyond uh, he was convicted uh, for administering lethal doses of narcotics uh, and sexually <clears throat> violating black males exclusively uh, he was convicted and wow. sentenced to 30 years. Uh, and so this case has been going on for a while. Two black males died in his uh, presence or in his residence. Uh, and it took like two years even from the first black male that died in his residence before they even charged him. Another black male almost died. And I'll just give you two quick paragraphs. This is the L.A. Times because this just happened on Friday that he was convicted. So these two paragraphs, it reads uh, behind the walls of his Laurel Avenue apartment was a nightmare. For nearly a decade, the wealthy white buck lured young black men. Now, listen to the similarity. Young black men at the lowest points in their lives, homeless, addicted, 
resorting to subsistence level sex work into what he mm. called party and play sessions. A parade of men testified that Buck would offer them extra money if they slammed or allowed him to inject them with the drug in what prosecutors called a carrot and stick approach he would sometimes withhold payment if they didn't smoke enough methamphetamine or let him inject them in his squalid apartment which was littered with drug paraphernalia and sex toys Buck treated the men like lab rats in his twisted experiments Norrell wrote in a sentencing memo he drugged them to the limit of their body's tolerance once they were mm -hmm. unconscious or immobile he sexually assaulted them choked them slapped them one man injected with something that left him unable to move managed to regain control of his body only when Buck revved a chainsaw in front of him sending adrenaline coursing Buck liked to see me where I was barely able to stand barely conscious he recalled he wanted me to be falling around all over the place a state in which Buck would be able to do whatever he liked as far as touching and everything of that sort Buck at times referred to black men using nigra witnesses testified at trial that was two paragraphs I'll hush so if you want to tell it this is you said your first time hearing about Ed Buck you can tell me if you think talking about Chris Rock and Will Smith if that is more important or Ed Buck who was just convicted for 30 years for what I just read well, well what's interesting there is now we know why the mainstream news would rather talk about the slap rather than this man because you know Let's face it, this isn't a great uh, uh, advertisement for, for, for the white man, is it? Right? So, so, so is it better to pub... You know, some things, when it comes to news, you can, you can bury important stuff beneath nonsense, can't you? Right? And that's what's happened here. You know, that, that, clearly, that's what's happened, right? You, you talk about a bit of foolishness, Right? Because that's really what it is. A bit. Of, I mean, it's, it's, it's regarding relationships and being used and all that kind of stuff. We could talk about that, but but really, this is 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 on a different level. I've got to say this as well. How many of these men are running around in Africa? Mm. Serious point. Mm. How many of these men are running? You know, at least there's a little level of accountability in the USA. This man got how many years? He got what, 30 years? Yes, sir. How many of these men are running around? How many of these men have left Europe? I know, I know the answer. It's a whole heap of them. A whole heap of these men have left European countries, right, for places like Haiti, right, 
Although obviously, you know, there may be a, 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 a growing level of accountability there, but they're, they're they're crawling all over the African continent. That's a fact. The Gambia and other places. You got only for the only only for this man's brethren are running all around the African continent because they know there's less accountability there because the structures and the systems are possibly and you know there's there's more um uh, there's a higher level of poverty there and less accountability. Than, than there is in the USA. At least, at least this uh, man has been put in prison for thirty years. He's big enough to put him into solitary. Big enough to put him somewhere where no one can get a hold of him as well, aren't they? Terrible. And this man's probably been doing it for years. You know, he's been caught now, hasn't he? <laughs> How long has he been doing this? The word they used in the report was. Decade. Now that might have been decade Indeed. plural. So, eh. and how many of his? No doubt. I bet you any money he's not been doing it alone. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's, he's probably got. You see, in the UK, when you talk about men like Jimmy Savile, right? There's been a there's been a cabal. <laughs> there's been a group of there's you know you know you know there was a group of those men. That's that's why the law in the UK investigated not only Jimmy Savoy did they didn't investigate really, but that's why they went after a whole heap of them white media men. They they went after a lot of them. You know they went after loads of them. Do you know what I mean? So 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 no doubt in your country in the, in the place called America, there's probably a whole raft of these men, and they basically prey on poor black men. And more than likely women as well. In fact, not even men, children, young people. You know what I mean? Th th this is how, clearly this is how they operate. Jeffrey that's the Epstein. truth, isn't it? Oh. That sounds like it's not true. All of it sounds correct, doesn't it? Painfully accurate. Uh, you can pick out the individuals, the Jimmy Savills, the J. Strom Thurmans, is Jeffrey Epstein, Count Prince Andrew, you just go on and on and on, or you can go wide, institutional. I point, hey, the Boy Scouts of America had to shut down because of this behavior. Too many to count. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, as you just, he was not alone. Who were his homies who were engaged in all of this similar behavior? Ed Buck, similar type of powerful white man like Jeffrey Epstein like Prince Andrew, who were his homies as he, they said he uh, would do videos. So much information came out in his trial. They said he would set up and do, uh, have like video cameras and be telling these black male victims, you know, pose this way and do this and flare your nostrils out. And is he just keeping these smut videos to watch for himself or is he sharing mm. this content with somebody else? I would think yep. generally, Hey, what we've seen, Jeffrey Epstein and Prince Andrew, they have other white homies who also enjoy as he's raping children. If we got to, you know, we'll settle for some down and out, you know, younger adults or whatever it is. But I mean, hey, a lot of this is focused on children. And then as he yep. said, the whole I keep going to quote, go way back to our first year on the air, 2009, Richard Bernstein was the chapter of the title, the whole world as the white man's brothel. 
And he just goes into detail about exactly what Andrew just said, whether it's the continent. They have whole books about that. Like, oh, my God, we can go to the continent and we can rape all the children we want. Oh, there's no one that we even, as he said, nobody that's going to hold us accountable. Oh, we can rape every or Brazil or Haiti or Laos go to the other non-white areas too like they do a lot of this black but I mean they do this the whole world as the white man's brothel but yeah there would be a lot of reasons not to anything can we find pretty because this happened in the same area right Ed Buck that's California Southern California where the slap happened what's the most important thing that happened there this week the Ed Buck trial or Will Smith Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and apparently in the world what's the most important thing to discuss Ed Buck and I mean hey they could in the UK they could say dang which is exactly what Andrew just said this sounds exactly like Jimmy Savile a white man who was on the BBC top of the pop raping children for years they didn't bring all this information out until after he died they could have made the connection bam right there Prince Andrew make it current things we're talking about right now like oh my god the same nope we rather talk about yes sir go ahead you know you know gus um what this tells me right, and it's interesting that you brought this up right um now this 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 tells me that there's something going on there right some sort of so i have to say this i know it sounds like a stupid conspiracy theory but this tells me that there's a group gang call it what you want um or, you know um, uh, um some sort of grouping of these people right and they basically watch each other's back and they've got they've got no tell policy and they, i mean that's what it tells me there's something going on there right and this it, i think it goes right across borders of of because they, they all know each other they all work with each other at that level right and they work clearly work in a certain way right which is which is clear to me right um and uh yeah i, I think they pick off the poorest and the weakest and and the most socially deprived of us you know and this is why you know black families we have mother father looking after children safeguarding we need to safeguarding our children right our young people right this is why our families right african african caribbean black african american families wherever we are this is why that this is why make developing strong family becomes important because we become vulnerable our children become vulnerable we were vulnerable mucking around on that council estate doing all kinds of foolishness we were vulnerable we didn't think we were vulnerable but we were you know and um because obviously when you're a kid you think you you just think you could do anything but you're vulnerable you're you know a little black boy running around you're vulnerable right so so but you only realize that when you get when you get to our age you understand so um we have to do our best. I know we're all attempting to have families and, and marriages. I get that, but we have to we have to attempt. Do you understand? It's important because of what because these people prey on our, our children. Clearly, and you know, and, and they're hoping that we drop off and we go to them capping and and give our bodies to them. So, so, so you know, it's, it's important to cement our families, our marriages, all of that as much as we can for safeguarding. 
context of white supremacy, the grandsister, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, that was a point general and child psychiatrist. Dr. Welsing, every time she came on this platform and seemed like pretty much every time she had an opportunity to speak, she emphasized, hey, black children, they suffer in the system of white supremacy, mm-hmm. all areas of people activity, whether it's uh, going to school and being terrorized by these teachers and on your menstrual cycle and you got to spread them and cough and all the rest of it. And we're just being tormented every day. She talked about that every time and saying, hey, let's not be playing around with sexual intercourse. Take it super serious in terms of producing black children and making a plan that is beyond, you know, whatever uh, feelings and so-called affection that we might have uh, for each other. We are producing a black child. We got to do our best to keep this child out of Jimmy Savile's clutches. Prince Andrew's clutches, Ed Buck's clutches. I know it's white women that do this too, but I mean, hey, just uh, we got to do our best. And it's and the white women teachers. It's so many components that this is way beyond. And if we're not dedicated to doing that for the rest of our life, then hey, we just come up with really solid birth control measures to make sure that we do our best to not produce offspring, so that we don't have to be tasked with that responsibility. For the rest of our life. I mean, that's the way that we got to look at it as opposed to just throw away children generation after generation. Dr. Welsing talked about that. She emphasized this after as a child psychiatrist. She emphasized this all the time. Generations of child cues that she has seen and the lifetime of damage that that does to one. Or Tion Campbell Pitter, if you even survive, which happens, you know, all over the world. Tamir Rice, we got lots of examples of that as well. Ayanna Stanley Jones, lots of examples. Sometimes they even, my, that was the case that I read yesterday. Uh, fat, Fanta Billity, eight year old black female that was a whoops, we were shooting at those other niggers, but just happened to get you, eight year old black female. And then after she's killed, they mock her death. That's, you know. Mm-hmm life of a black child, white supremacy, racism. Oh, we had an attempted parent. I just thought I would ask the, uh, Andrew with us right here, attempted parent as well. Uh, do you have a will prepared? We had parents who were talking about that and saying that that seems like maybe something you should do immediately if you have offspring. Do you already have your will prepared? Uh, I'm just about to do that. <laughs> <sighs> look at that. Look at that. Look at that. I'm just about to do not only a will, um, I'm, I'm just about to do fix all of it. Basically, I'm just about to do. It's, it's, it, in, I don't know. I'm assuming it works the same in the US. Uh, it's not just the will you should be doing. It's uh, it's to put it into trust as well. Um, what you want to do is give the state as little tax as possible. And in the UK, the way that that happens is by putting your your whole estate into something called a trust fund. Right, a trust fund is not only just for rich people; it's for anyone who's got assets. So, so you put it into a trust, you know, uh, because you've got to remember a will is simply um, the residue of your estate in the UK after the government gets forty percent. Right? So that's all the will is. Do you understand? Ab- above a threshold, I think in the UK I might be wrong. I think it's three two five. Um, ab- above that, uh, I might be wrong on the figures. If someone's got correct figures and 
brilliant and, uh, and give me the correct figures you know, about UK tax. But I mean, three two five above that is the government gets forty percent of everything that's left. I think. Uh, I think it's actually lower than three two five, you know, but it's something like that. So you want to you want to give the government as little as possible. You do it for a trust fund in the UK. If you're rich, you can stick it into offshore accounts like Richie Sunak's wife, or or she can be, uh, you, you know, you can. He's an accountant, by the way, <laughs> right? And uh, you know, so you can uh, position your wife uh, that she's domicile somewhere else in India, although she spends all the time in the UK. <laughs> so, so you could, you could, however you, you and your accountant choose to work it out, and your solicitor do it. So, so that's my next thing. That's the next thing that I will be looking at, basically. So, it's important. Absolutely, that is wow timing. That is amazing, Mister. Uh, I think Mister Fuller was saying that too. Like attempted parents, like try as best you can to. Uh, prepare so that if there is a, a death hopefully it'll be years and years and years, decades down the road but uh, that way if you are an attempted parent especially you can try and prepare as much as you can and that helps to minimize conflict uh, once you're gone so that you don't have non-white people your attempted family members squabbling and you know griping about what they got or picking over your belongings and things and race soldiers to keep their grubby little paws uh, off of as much of your property as possible so that you can distribute amongst people that you care about that is spectacular uh, that people were just asking about you know what what do people think are some of the things that you should uh, include in your will and or other things that you should do uh, to prepare for the end of your physical existence uh, so that your family members folks will have uh, as few difficulties at that time as possible uh, and again to keep race soldiers from benefiting and coming in and instigating a lot of that conflict we talked about that yesterday 35 cents 10 peanuts yeah uh, well that's a, that's a brilliant question I don't know if that was a question Gus but um, basically you're talking about generational wealth um, you buy your property or properties your business your property all of it everything you know the whole thing about renting personally i think it's good to buy young you don't have to live there you can rent the place out and go we go live in somewhere else if you want to but the bottom line is all of your investments everything the whole lot everything uh yeah put it in your world but obviously put it into a trust fund trust you know, you organise that with your solicitor. It costs a bit more, but the bottom line is, in the UK, if you organise a trust, the government can then get as little as 6%, oh, right? Cool. Between 40 and 6%, that's a big difference, right? So, so, and what you'll find is that, uh, and there's other ways you're organising it as well, right? So what you'll find, the difference between upper middle class and rich people and the poorest of us is understanding money and generational wealth, you know, um, that's it. You know, you know, if we understood generational wealth and finances, right? Um, and that, and in fact, and somebody told me that a uh, solicitor told me that really rich people, rich people never used to get divorced. Divorce was for poor people. Right? So the, the idea with rich people up the middle classes is to keep gen to keep wealth. Do you understand? So. And that's it, right? So our mindsets have to... So this whole thing about uh, the level that uh, we stay together, which is low, right? It means that uh, it keeps us poor. Do you understand? So, so so our mindset around marriage and relationships as African, African, Caribbean people, our brothers in the States and elsewhere around the world, outside of Africa, because they, they they got a different take on it, they got a better take on it, we need to change it, 
right, in order to keep more generational wealth and finances and not give it to divorce court. That, that's a massive area right there. So there's a, rev- the, the, a big conversation at the moment is happening in that area, by the way, um, at the moment. That, 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 and a, a racist hates um, non-white people, in particular black people, African heritage people, having conversations about how to maintain relationships because right there that's a plank of race and white supremacy if we can have if we can deal with that or begin to deal with that and have those conversations that's a big one right there because that means money generational wealth staying in the family that's huge absolutely and i I think a huge part of that one i think a whole lot of these uh arrangements and and pitiful relationships if we want to call them that they start out from a really pitiful and just playing around with sex this did not start out from hey we're in a system of racism white supremacy we don't have time to waste i don't sit around and waste time with other people and you don't think there's a system of white supremacy you want to watch netflix i think there's a system of racism we got to talk about that and what are we going to do raising our children and all that i mean hey this is starting off from a really shaky foundation and that's generations of us and playing around with sexual intercourse and a lot of that encouraged Jeffrey Epstein, Jimmy Savile, Ed Buck that gets encouraged playing around with sexual intercourse that is not the foundation of a quality arrangement so I think a lot of it would be hey let's maybe minimize some of these you know relationships and things and all this hooking up to begin with like we've got so much chaos going on and there's so much confusion like it seems pretty obvious a lot of people get into arrangements that end up as he just said that don't work out why is Mr. Fuller talking about that not asking enough questions and having a lot of folks who've already been traumatized or confused about white supremacy racism frequently that is you know titanic doomed to failure from the very beginning and what I said be playing around with sexual intercourse and you get all these unplanned pregnancies with somebody that you've known for seven days like whoa (laughs) I haven't met any of your family members like I don't know anything about you and okay I guess you know I mean that that is not the foundation of a quality relationship Dr. Welsinger said what hey what that is is the laughs are on the offspring har 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 and we've had generations of that and again the people that are most to blame Jimmy Savile Jerry Sandusky because they are in charge and racist they encourage all of that being reckless with sex it helps to keep it throw away that's what Dr. Wilson called it throw away children helps to keep this plantation rolling worldwide mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see. We have uh, about eh, less than 30 minutes left in the broadcast. I'm keeping an eye out to see if uh, Toyin uh, is able to join us. Uh, he said it might be challenging this time around. We'll see. Hopefully he's safe. We don't hear from him this time around. Uh, we'll try for May, I guess. Uh, see if we can get an update about uh, Child Q and uh, the rest of it. Uh, folks that are listening in live, you have questions. Star 61, the number again, 720. 716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate uh, 
doing our it's been two plus years now obligatory uh get our COVID 19 update uh so his part of the world the uk i know uh boris johnson i guess uh, apparently got some sort of slap on the wrist or uh minor uh penalty for all the messing around and violating being a hypocrite violating the COVID 19 rules uh what is the latest uh with COVID 19 in your part of the world england uh, yeah i mean as you just said i mean uh, Boris Johnson, and I'm, I'm not sure who else um, is on that list of uh, of people who got fined. Um, I, I haven't bothered following that. I heard, I saw something come the news. You know, these these people got fined. They they played it down. They played the fine down. Um, you know, they, they, they clearly want to. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it caused uh, there was a lot of commentary about it in the news and on various programs, uh, but. Um, you see, you see, the the only important thing is now is where the Tory party currently is regarding uh, preparation for the next election. You know, uh, this was never really, in my opinion, going to do Boris Johnson much, much damage. It just wasn't, you know, um, that's it. You know, the, the only question for the Tory party really is, um, is he good for the next election? You know, is he good for the next election? And, uh, you know, uh, I haven't seen very much of that in the news. Um, and, you know, when the fines came out, everybody was reporting on it. But, um, you know, really, the last couple of days, is, you know, it's just, and again, you know, the war in, you know, it's funny how the war in Ukraine, um, the, 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 clearly as a political party, they've tried to keep the focus on that and not on the fines, not on anything other than that, you know. Um, and it, and it, it's, it's working, basically, you know. It's, it's clearly working. They got fined for it. They're a bunch of hypocrites. You know, they 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 made a big deal about uh, other people not being able to do this, that, and the other. And uh, all the while, what were they doing? You know, they were partying up all over the place. Do you know what I mean? You know, and and that's who they are. That that just shows who they are as as people. Let alone the political party as individuals. They're just personally, they are hypocrites. You know, you know that's that is basically who they are. That's who Boris Johnson is. And the, he he doesn't he doesn't and they still vote for it, you know. The, the, so what can what can you say? What can you say? I mean, generally speaking, it to me anyway, it's just business as usual regarding COVID. Um, the odd person's wearing a mask, but um, I don't see any restrictions anywhere about anything. It's just the bottom line is the government expects everybody to have had a jab, at least one jab by now, you know, to have had at least one jab. Um, and that's it. You know, I think there was a new variant. No one seemed. I've not heard any talk of the latest variant at all in the last in the last week and a half. Um, so that's that's it. It just seems to be business as usual. You know, that's it. it when you go uh, like to pubs, uh, stores, whatever it is, do they have uh, mask requirements or do they check to see if no. you've been jabbed oh he said no no mask requirement they have vaccine check not or anything as as I, not as far as i can see i think when you go to the dentist so if you want to go to the dentist you've got to fill out an online form um that asks a series of questions that being one of them whether or not you've had covid or check you know whether or not you've got an issue with that you know that's an online form if you're going to my dentist i'm going to make an assumption it's with every dentist um and then when you go You've got to put on a mask in the waiting room. That's a dentist. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think it's the same for anywhere else. 
you know um obviously with a you know with a dentist and my last dentist appointment you know had to be put back twice because apparently half the staff in the dentist had covid wow um uh, i mean obviously they're, they're inside your mouth they're working in your mouth do you know what i mean so so they're literally on the front line um yeah but that i mean that doesn't necessarily mean they were ill it means they had the virus i mean they've all been jabbed up do you know what i mean so that doesn't necessarily mean they're, they're, they're laid out in bed it just means they have covid um you know do you know what i mean so um so so that's so that's the dentist uh, as far as i know there's no other requirements anywhere else where you go you know i went to the theater last night um to see in fact to see something about the windrush uh, generation last hey. night um, um you know um the book small island you may have heard the book where they've made it into a theater production as well you know so we went to watch that last night yeah some people were wearing masks but there's clearly no requirement to wear a mask Okay, okay. What is this uh, movie that you went to see yesterday? Is it called Small Island or it's just based on the book that's called Small Island? Yeah, so the theater production is called Small Island and and it was derived from a book. I cannot remember who the writer was. It's, uh, I mean, obviously she's famous now. Um, I've never read the book. I've, I've got the book somewhere. I think I've never read it. It was a it was a book first, and then they made it. I think I think into a film as well. I'm pretty sure somebody told me it's a film, um, and you know I, I vaguely knew what it was about. And now it's a theatre production. If I'm really honest, and, and you know there's bits of it that are interesting because obviously, if you're African African Caribbean, if you're Caribbean, then obviously they're talking directly about your recent history, right? Um, you know the stories about uh, people who come from the Caribbean, basically, in during the war, to fight for this country, <laughs> and then the, some some of these people come back after the war and have to endure the nonsense that 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 you've been, you know, that you and I, you know, that 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 we've been talking about uh, to some degree, Gus. And it's just about that history, you know. That that's that's the backdrop of the of the uh theater production i'm going to be really honest with you it was it was it's it's brilliantly made brilliantly acted you know well put together you would expect that from a production that's been put on at the national theater you would expect it right so all of those things are on point the production the way it's been done or you know the, the you know the script all, all of that technical stuff is on point it's got some you know bits that uh, footage from you know archive footage and you know, black and white archive footage of the witch, you know, of the sort that you can imagine. All of that, the acting's grey, all of that. Going back to something that I know I've heard you talk about and that I believe as well. I don't really want to be seen... I'm, I'm totally up for, for, for teaching black stroke African history. I'm up for that. But what I'm not really into is black people suffering as entertainment. <laughs> Do you understand? And last night they tried to mix both right and don't get me wrong it is historical it's historical it's, it's a the backdrop is historical it's facts right but entertainment for white people you know uh, and yeah there was a lot of black people there as well but because it seats about i don't know about three thousand people probably more i think i think probably more than three thousand right in, in that theater Right, but you know, suffering is entertainment. You know, is that is, is that you know? Come on, you know what I mean. So, so yeah. So, 
yeah, the historical part, I'm totally up for. But, you know, I, I, it, to me, it was more suffering as entertainment more than anything else. You know, I mean, yeah, anyway, yeah, that's my view. I could say a lot about it, but I don't know if it's worth it, <laughs> basically, you know? Hmm. Fascinating. I'm, I, I was researching while I was listening. Uh, one, I found, so the book that I guess this is based on is uh, is the same title, Small Island, uh, by Andrea Levy. Uh, looks like a non-white female victim of racism. Uh, and just giving folks a little snippet, this is from the cover. Uh, Hortense Joseph arrives in London from Jamaica in 1948, right after World War II, with her life in her suitcase, her heart broken, her resolve intact. Her husband, Gilbert Joseph, returns from the war expecting to be received as a hero, but finds his status as a black man in Britain to be second class. His white landlady, Queenie, raised as a farmer's daughter, befriends Gilbert and later Hortense with innocence and courage until the unexpected arrival of her husband, Bernard, who returns from combat with issues of his own to resolve. Told in these four voices, Small Island is a courageous novel of tender emotion and sparkling wit, of crossings taken and passages lost, of shattering compassion and of reckless optimism in the face of insurmountable barriers. In short, an encapsulation of that most American of experiences, the immigrant's life. Now that is odd because this is not hmm. anyway born in 1956 to Jamaican parents Andrea Levy is the author of three previous novels and has received a British Arts Council Writers Award in addition to the Orange Prize and Whitbread Distinctions she lives and works in London I will nab this here book even though I'm not a big fan of fiction that's so interesting because yeah that's really I have to check this out I don't know that but the other point that I was going to raise that I said is interesting because it's like man this story does not end well like (laughs) just I mean if you want to take it from the short like just from I haven't read this book I haven't seen the theater production but I mean just from what I read like okay black male I go fight for her majesty the crown cleaning toilets and ditches and uh and then you come in, I'm I'm coming back and I helped clean up right on Yeah. Negro, Nignog, get over there. See, <laughs> you see the big thing for me, right? The, the big thing for me is and I know I'm gonna get pushed back from a lot of people both here and I know in the USA, right? But you know, in light of racism, why would any black person wanna go and fight for a white country? You know, sure, sure, you know, so surely it should be about end racism and then I, and then I'll fight for you. And so, yeah. And, and, and so I understand the promise, you know, you know, we, you, you're going to get loads and loads of benefits if you come fight for us. Uh, you, you're going to get loads of benefits if you come fight. I, I get the promise. But my God, man, you know, I mean. I, yeah, anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, my two nephews have joined the American army, my brother, you know, they joined the Navy and some, I'm thinking, bloody hell, you know, because, you know, as you know, some, I've got family living in the place called America. I think, my God, man, you know, anyway, I thought, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't, because they're not. They're never going to be grateful. They don't. They, they, they don't even treat white men. White men that join the army, right? They, they, they leave when they come out of the army. They, they leave them to, you know, to become alcoholics and whatever in England, right? Let alone what they're going to do to you, right? So, and that's then and now. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah. Painfully accurate, and we just talked about that. Dr. Gerald Horn, in his phenomenal book, one of the best I've ever read, Race War, uh, where he lists black male legions of black males from the exact time period. Now, she said she's 1948, so it'd be a few years earlier while the war was still happening, but legions. Minister Malcolm X and many, 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 many others who took that exact stance like you have got to be out of your mind to think I'm going to pick up a rifle or a plunger or a shovel to come and help you do anything until we have eliminated white supremacy racism like they were were in fact rooting for the Japanese (laughs) like, hey, None of you all are Hitler, France, U.S., white people. None of you all are with black people like right on to the Japanese like that was widespread around the world, even in Jamaica. Why? We just don't hear about all that. But that is in race where we just days ago talked about all of that and the entertainment component. I regularly quote Ayikwe'i uh, Arma, uh, 2000 season, reading is more important than watching television. We read that book in the book club uh, so many years back. Uh, but his line, for whose entertainment shall we sing our agony and what hopes shall the destroyers aspiring to extinguish us suffer conciliatory remorse at the sight of their own fantastic success. <sighs> the brilliance of Mr. Armagh uh, in 2000 seasons. Uh, but when I hear like, okay, so they made this into a novel, which is written by a non-white female. And then they make this into a play like, so after we see this, are you all going to go out and immediately give like compensation to all of the Windrush generation who were abused and make sure that they got all of their paperwork comp anybody that got deported immediate compensation citizenship come back on our dime if you want to i mean totally understand if you don't want to come back but either way if you want to come back the door is open the flight is is that what's going to happen as a result of them seeing this play or is it just wow that's a shame what i mean (laughs) Are you serious? And this is fiction too. So I mean, this could be like a help thing. Like I don't, that's why I said, I don't like, we might even read this book in the book club. Cause it's like, I would be thinking like, so does this end with, Oh yeah. A lot of these folks got deported. Like this can't end with the white landlady and us become friends and optimism triumphs of like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. This has to end with some of these folks got deported or their grandchildren got deported and didn't have paperwork and had a real shaky existence like is that how this ends or it's some nonsense like the help where we ate fried chicken and had tea together the white landlady and the black vet like are you serious and then you make that into a play oh 
Yeah. I'd rather. Let's, uh, let's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not going to tell you the ending. I'm not going to tell you the ending. I'm not. I'm not. Because then you'd then you'd say to me, and you paid your money for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> oh, did you know? Did you know what it was going to be when you went, or you you know just read kind of. Oh. I, I had no idea. I mean, you know, I, I didn't know what the ending was going to be. I, I knew it was, I knew it was set. I, I knew the backdrop against which it was set, but I didn't know. And, and I vaguely knew a little bit about it, right? Because, you know, there were reviews on TV about the book when it came out and this, that and the other. Um, but no, I, I didn't know. I didn't know the ending. And I'm not sure either if, because, you know, sometimes they change the storyline from book to mm. the stage production and to the sometimes these things are different so i'm not even sure if 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 the book version is accurate to the or or if the stage production is accurate to the book version or if the film is accurate to the book i have no idea you know but i mean you know um it's it's yeah it's 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 uh you know it's i I love the theater i've always loved the theater you know i i love the theater i love anything regarding production or performing performing arts I'm, I'm into all of that music and you know I, 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 I love all that um and and as i said it was well made the production value was high all of those things the staging of it was brilliant the actors were great all of that technical stuff was spot on right and obviously it was emotive any stage production is is good at emoting uh, you know, touching your heartstrings and all that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? And and making certain things seem okay because they 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 touch your 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 emotional center, right? If you're not like me, right? <laughs> um. So, so so that's where that sat. And it and 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 so yeah, it's this whole notion. I don't know if you're familiar with it, with it, Gus. It's this whole notion of what they what what what. Uh, um, uh, um, why academia calls the noble savage, right? So it's this whole thing about uh, you know, the, you know, a load of racist white people in the UK, and why they shouldn't be like this because these people are humans too, and they're noble and blah 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 in the face of nonsense and that kind of thing. You know, what I mean, that's an old trope in 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 Western um, uh, media writing. Um, uh, so on and so on, academia, so on and so on and so forth. It's a way of it's a way of showing black people to be humans, and so you make them into noble humans against the backdrop of of of, of racist white people, and they shouldn't be like that. But the but you know, but the liberal white people, they're not they're not like that, and we're and they're on our side, and we're looking at the racist white people as being bad, you know, that kind of thing, and 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 that, and that's where this sort of sits, kind of. Do you, do you know what I mean? Um, the, 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 the one character, <laughs> the one character in the play, and I've said this, the one character in the play that I really agree with was the the, the lead, Hauntense's husband, right, who said to Hauntense's husband at the very beginning, don't go to England. Stay. What are you going there for? Stay. You know what, I'm going the, the Nagwan, the Naga treaty, stay, stay here in Jamaica, stay. And so his voice was a what, what was was you know in the play they brought his voice continually back to the lead character, the lead Hauntense, his husband. You shouldn't have went. You should have stayed, <laughs> right? And so he, you know, the, he's the only voice that I agree with. You don't, you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there because you know, listen, Gus, 
60 years later, what has my generation got to show for that? Seriously, 60 years later, some right? My granddad came here in Some of them got deported, but some of them, look, my generation, we've ended up mad, literally, mental illness. I know these guys. These are my friends. Mental illness. These are the children of the Windrush generation. Mental illness, my generation, I'm 53. Mental, mental illness, dead, literally, physically dead, right? Um, alcoholics, right? Um, you know, in and out of prison. These are my friends, right? And the ones that did, those of us that didn't make it, the, sorry, the, that, that didn't succumb to all of those things, when we meet up, which is rare these days, but when we meet up, you know what we say? Do you know where the conversation goes? Sometimes it, it goes here. How did that not happen to us? Think about that. You know, how did that not happen to us? You know, you know, that's part of that conversation. Do you understand? So coming here, right? You know, you know, what, 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 what have we got? What, what, what benefit, what, what honest, tangible benefits did we get from coming here? Seriously. Would have been better to have stayed back in the Caribbean. It would have been. I understand if you're poor and you're on the land, you're a farmer and you come to England. I get that, right? But it's only poor people that mostly, it's only poor people that came here from, from the Caribbean. It wasn't well-to-do people who've got decent profession, not jobs, professions in the Caribbean. They didn't come here. Why would they leave the lap of luxury to come to, or not, you know, to, to you know, for, from living well, to come in here, it's only poor people like at my family that came to England. There's no reason to come here unless you ain't got, as we say, a a, a pot to wee in, pissing. We say you, if you if you've got nothing, if you've got nothing, then yeah, I get that. But when you come here, you have to fake pictures as they all did. They faked pictures to send them back home to say, yeah, we're doing well, we're doing all right. Yeah, you know what I mean? In the, but when you're living in a one-room bedsit. Seriously, you, your wife, and your children. You know what I mean? But I must admit, at least your wife stayed with you. Didn't, she didn't run off. So <laughs> anyway, that's another conversation about relationships. So, um, you know, but yeah, we, did, we didn't get nothing out of it, man. Sorry, we got nothing out of it. Nothing. Got nothing out of it. We lost more than what we gained from coming here. Sorry, that's the truth. Wow, the uh, we this is well. All I can say, reading is more important than watching television. So, uh, white people permitting, we will be reading this book in the book club at some point. Uh, maybe not next, but probably some point this year. Even though we don't even read fiction, but we will be reading this book. Not only do they have the theater production, PBS, the American company. They did a film adaptation of this book as well. That is amazing. Like, why in the world is this such a, we need to have a theater production. We need to have an American production of this. Like, wow. Like, okay, we will definitely, you can check it out. It might even be available online. The film, the book is really easy to find. And there's an audio book unabridged that already exists so we should be able to get that and I think we can even hear the author uh, read the book the author Andrea Levy is a non-white female she is a bit on the pale side uh, where 
I don't know if she has a white parent or maybe a white grandparent, but hmm, I am so intrigued uh, to check this one out. Uh, the film adaptation has the great David Oyelowo. Uh, I suspect he might play uh, the World War II veteran who Hortense said, no, don't go, don't go. And he goes anyway. Uh, but he's in it. Uh, Naomi Harris, Ruth Wilson, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, these are, I guess, some of the main players uh, in the movie version uh, that came out. What was this for 2010? So this has been out a while. Wow. Amazing. Reading more important than watching television. We'll check this out in the, the Cows Book Club. International reading. I love it. We'll uh, check out Andrea Levy. Uh, folks can go ahead and get their hands on the book. Uh, and be prepared. Uh, let's see. I don't see. Didn't see any hands. So I guess folks didn't have any questions. Uh, any any subject matters that we missed? We got a theater review. We got a book to add to the book club. Uh, any subject matter or major events that we missed that you wanted to make sure you gave commentary on before we get ready to wrap things up? Just, just Gerald Q. Oh man. We talked yeah. about that in detail last time for folks in the archives. Extremely important. Uh, black 15-year-old female student uh, strip searched. Uh, of course, as I said, black people are, are narcotics smugglers, all of us. Uh, she was on her menstrual cycle. They removed her sanitary napkin. And, you know, you got to be smuggling drugs. You smell like cannabis. Uh, and so this, even though this happened some time back, they've had the investigation and people just found out about it. Lots of uh, understandable outrage about all of this. Even, I believe, uh, Toyan Agbetu, when he was with us last time, he talked about the uh, logical mental health anguish that she has experienced uh, in the time since she was abused uh, in this really indescribable manner uh, and saying that she's developed eating disorders uh, I think even self-harm uh, over the time period so uh, just sending out quality energy to her it's Dr. Francis Cress Welsing child psychiatrist uh, but there are lots of reports online and even have been some newer information since we last spoke about this in uh, March uh, what, uh, what did you want to make sure that you share with the update on child Q Andrew Right. Okay. So, I mean, you know, I'm just just looking at the news, right? Um, so, um, there's a couple of things. Um, so, Hackney Mayor, because this school was in Hackney, right? So, I understand. I didn't know where this school was. I actually thought it was not in North London. Well, I thought it was in North North London or West London, but anyway, it's in Hackney, which is East London. Hackney Mayor calls for school's head teacher to resign. Right. So I don't know if and I don't know if the and this is on the 23rd of March. So I don't know if the head teacher's resigned yet, because, you know, the bottom line is the, the you know, the bucks does stop with the head teacher. Right. Because the head teacher is, the, is in the UK. The head teacher is the lead safeguard is the is the safeguarding lead. You understand? Um, so I'm sure it's like that in the States as well. Child Q strip search met officers put on desk duties last week um so last week so this came out the 24th of march so uh so, so so apparently now those officers i think two or three of them who did the strip search are, are on desk duties so there's no, those two things also gus just before this program i sent you um emailed you a uh, the local child safeguarding practice review this is by an organization called i've never heard of them called CHSCP. I think they're an independent 
uh, safeguarding review panel. I'm going to make an assumption that they were asked to do a review, well, either by the local authority. Well, yeah, by the local authority. It might be um, social services or but maybe uh, not probably not by the family, maybe, maybe by some sort of solicitor um, employed by the family or possibly by um, by the Lord, you know, by the local mayor, maybe. But I think it's probably social service. So it's an independent organisation. It's, it's, it's worth reading. It's quite comprehensive, basically, this review. I'm not, um, obviously, I can't read all of it. But, they, you know, they outline the case uh, in it. Um, you've got a copy there on email. You, they've, they, you know, they've outlined the case and then, then they've said their findings. The findings are just bullet pointed. Um, da, 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 da. I'm not going to bother reading all of it because it's quite lengthy. Um, but um, the last couple of points, school staff deferred to the authority of the police on their arrival at the school. Uh, they should they should have been more challenging to the police. They shouldn't have called the police at all. But anyway, they should have been more challenging to the police, seeking clarity about the actions they intended to take. This is on the Internet. This report was published onto the Internet. So I haven't, I haven't gone to look anywhere to get it. It's, it's open to anybody to just pick it up off the web. Yeah. All practitioners need to be mindful of their duties to uphold the best interests of the child. So they're saying basically that the school failed. Yeah. School staff had an insufficient focus on safeguarding needs of child Q when responding to concerns about suspected drug use. So in other words, they're saying that, that they came up short regarding safeguarding. Um, now point uh, finding five uh, of this report the application of law and policy governing the strip searching of children can be variable and open to interpretation right? so in other words you could do what the hell you want and do right finding six the absence of any specific uh, requirement to seek parental consent when strip searching children undermines the principles of parental responsibility in partnership working with parents to safeguard children Right. In other words, they should have called the parents and they didn't. Right. That's the bottom line of it. Right. Finding seven, the COVID-19 restrictions. That's not worth reading. Finding eight, having considered the context of the incident, the views of those engaged in the review. Right. Uh, in other words, the people that put this review together, that did the that did, that interviewed the parents, interviewed Child Q. There's interviews here from all stakeholders. Right. That's who, that's who this is. Right. So having considered the context of the incident, the, the, the views of those engaged in putting together this review and the impact felt by Child Q and her family is racism, whether de whether deliberate or not, that's in brackets, was likely to have been an influencing factor in the decision to undertake a strip search right so this is an independent panel that's come to that as a, you know that come to that's come to that as a finding background of cotton it goes on and on and on to, to other things that though that that was page five of this report that i was reading right um i'm surprised that they put this on the web for everybody just to pick up if i'm really honest with you um, and then this previous incidents of of concern right a month before child crew was a month, a month before Child Q was strip searched, she was similarly identified by the school as smelling of cannabis, and it goes on and on and on. You know, so so this is quite a detailed report, actually. I'm surprised, but I must admit, another thing that surprises me is, considering this happened in 2020, right? It's taken quite a long time for this to come to light. That's one, and this report literally comes out in the same month that it came to light. I'm wondering. 
when the report were of you know of clearly they published this to the web right on in march right but i'm wondering about the timing of all of this i'm wondering how who knew about it? I didn't know about this a year ago. I didn't know about this when it happened two years ago. So I find the timing of all of this quite interesting, um, to say the least. And the report's quite a detailed report. So you may you may you may find that interesting to read, Gus. Mm. It is fascinating. Thank you so much for sending me the report. I guess just two quick things I would say. Um <sighs> want reading is more important than watching television um i'd say even today you would have a lot of people this report is 36 pages you would have a lot of folks might not take the time to read a 36 page uh report to get all of the details of what they say what i find interesting one is how many times uh the word context uh is used in the report that is hmm. uh but uh, I guess one quick thing that I'll read uh, it says uh, the day of the incident in trying to determine why the events unfolded as they did inconsistencies in the accounts of those involved have hampered the review's ability to clarify these details with any precision these variations yeah, primarily crazy. relate to the initial conversations held between police and the school, whether school staff knew the child queue was going to be searched and to what extent and who was acting as an appropriate adult. <laughs> that type of thing. I highlight all of that. That's point two point ten uh, on this document, page nine. But that's the sort of thing that would be a huge highlight. Like, wow. And globally said at the very beginning of this like global system where you have white people where there are inconsistencies in what they said or people who were there all participated in the same event and you have glaring consistencies about really significant parts of this strip search of a 15 year old that <laughs> deception white people not being that's one way that you can pick out deception where, wow, why are you all saying different things about this strip search when you were all there? How can that be? Mm, yep. Crazy. I mean, I mean, basically, they're all what, what you read out there is a load of stuff basically saying, well, you know, well, I, I, I trying to trying to remove themselves distance themselves from from exactly what happened trying not to trying to not mention any names trying to not all of that sort of stuff you know that's what's going on there you know and you know really at the end of the day um yeah it's not just the head that should go it's all of those staff members that had anything to do with it should go too you know because at the end of the day yes the head should go because the head is the head <laughs> you know it's the they they are the safeguarding lead you know, if there's any strip shirts that's going to go on, sorry, the head is responsible, right? Whether you, you know, and there's got to be a good reason for the heads, for the head not to, you know, for the head teacher not to be sacked. There has to be, you know, you know, if they're not going to lose their job, right, there's got to be a good, they've got to be off on sick leave. Do you understand? You know, they can't be in the school that day and still keep their job, in my personal opinion. And, you know, all of those staff, the staff that called the police should lose their job or be reprimanded or something. 
and the staff that showed the police into the room and 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 knew what was going to happen right and didn't come between the police and um and um uh and the child they should lose their job too you know do you know what i mean you know the what we you know it's it, that's a school as a teacher i will say that's a school matter no matter what drugs the kids got on them that's a school matter if a kid's got if you suspect a kid of if you if you find kid drugs on a kid right what you do you send the kid out you keep the drugs send the kid home you call the parents it's simple you bring the parents into the school and then you have a conversation with that about all that in school it's, it's that's what you do Right, you don't call the police. There's no need for the police to be involved when, when it comes to drugs. It's just put, it's to, it's a waste of police time, let alone strip searching the kids. That makes no sense, none. And so, as this, the finding of this report was racism. That's the finding of this report. Simple. It's written there in black and white. Make it plain. Call things what they are. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read the entire report. I was just scrolling through. Thankful uh, that Andrew sent it to me. Uh, I could share. He said this is available online. Like you all can just go and download it yourself. Uh, but or I guess I can link it. I'll do that. I'll link it. That way it'll be easy. Uh, but they do have statements from Child Q uh, that you can read as well, which I think are important. And I'll just that'll be our, our closeout. This is on page 12. Uh, and she says. Uh, Someone walked into the school where I was supposed to feel safe took me away from the people who were supposed to protect me and stripped me naked while on my period on the top of preparing for the most important exams of my life I can't go a single day without wanting to scream shout cry or just give up I feel like I'm locked in a box and no one can see or cares that I just want to go back to feeling safe again. My box is collapsing around me and no one wants to help. I don't know if I'm going to feel normal again. I don't know how long it will take to repair my box but I do know this can't happen to anyone ever again all the people that allowed this to happen need to be held responsible I was held responsible for a smell but I'm just a child the main thing I need is space and time to understand what has happened to me and exactly how I feel about it and getting past this exam season. Now that I thought was poignant because <laughs> normally you would just expect children to be, you know, got this paper to write, got this test to write and like, oh, okay, yeah, normal child things. In the midst of this, like, indescribable catastrophe, she is still worried about her exam. Like, 
they have like policy where for some people, if you are a victim of a certain crime, if your roommate like passes away or commits suicide or something like that, or hey, I have in my lifetime, they had a really bad snowstorm. They exempted students from their exams. They got 4.0s and that was that. I've seen that happen. Like not one or two, like everybody. I think this might be one where you just exempt. That doesn't mean go and eat Cheetos, prop your feet up, play video games the whole time, but hmm, take a mental health semester 4.0 or whatever it is over there and study. We'll catch you when the term begins next academic. It's almost over anyway. We'll catch you after the summer and you know, we'll start fresh and hopefully after you've had lots of mental health recovery time. Mm. Yep. Crazy. System of white supremacy, racism, and again, that would be another reminder. No throwaway children to the best of our ability. We're going to make sure Mm -hmm. we are not having our child boy or girl in the position of child Q. If that means, hey, we have homeschooling from day one. We find African-centered or whatever centered school that we trust, educators that we trust or whatever, but they're not going in the clutches of white educators. This is not going to happen to our child, even if we hate each other's guts. We're no longer on speaking terms talking about the attempted mother and father. Fine this is beyond all of that if we're going to produce a black girl or boy under the system of white supremacy if you're not that serious about this process then again just make really solid plans to not produce offspring and then no worries we will call it a broadcast much obliged for folks uh tuning in uh we missed out on toy and i uh, said he had lots of things to do uh we will hopefully try and get him next time around and get an update uh child q and other things that are taking place as well as some of our other uh folks in different parts uh, of the globe as uh, at least for some of us we push into spring uh, much obliged for hanging out with us for hanging out with us for a bit of your uh sunday evening andrew always good to uh, check in. Hope everyone is staying safe and bravo on getting the will done. Excellent. We were just talking like literally hours ago, just talking about that several times this week, actually. Uh, we'll be here uh, Thursday for the book club. You can check Black Talk Radio Network, Facebook, Twitter uh, if we have programs before uh, this Thursday with the book club. Uh, sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy racism. Whew. We need high functioning brain computers to solve this problem Uh, if you're out and about you see someone being rowdy and hostile exit Uh, this is not a time to have confrontations with random strangers Uh, you should be thinking that this person could be armed this person may have an entire armed entourage Uh, if you did not leave your residence prepared to kill and or die exit Uh, you can call enforcement officers as you are vacating Uh, if you're in a vehicle you're sober buckled up not on your mobile phone uh, just doing the small things that we can to try to stay as safe as possible eliminate contact with enforcement officers and we need all of our attention being alert to what's happening around us that's it creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy 
we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Cow signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, brother. You're a victim. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. (laughs)